What's going on, everybody? This is JM Banks, Urban Alchemy Podcast. We got another great interview for you folks today. As my listeners know, I love to bring to you the people in Kansas City who are doing amazing things to help uplift the community and use their talents and gifts in order to help transform the urban core for the better. So I'm always honored and humble whenever somebody takes the time out of their busy schedules to sit down with us and tell us about their journeys and experiences here in this Kansas City metro, as well as that they're actually doing something that has a huge impact on the community. So I am happy to bring to you today from Gift Generating Income for Tomorrow, Kansas City, uh, we have Mr. Brandon Calloway and Mr. Cornell Gorman. Uh, Brandon, you are the Executive Director of Gift and you are the Marketing Director? Yes. Excellent. So before we get into it, I just want to give a super, super big thanks to all of our listeners out there. All of you are incredible and you are the reason this show takes place. So I do appreciate all of you for tuning in each and every week, as well as all of the people from all around the country who have no kind of stake in Kansas City, Missouri whatsoever. But you guys still tune in because I have no idea. I couldn't tell you. Uh, I don't know very many other people who listen to podcasts just to check what's going on in other people's city. But for some reason, you guys tune in. So once again, thank you to our national listeners. Prairie View, Kansas, in number one, as always. Kansas City, Missouri, number two. Please, please, hometown of mine. Get to number one. It, it breaks my heart that my hometown is number two. And we talk about Kansas City, Missouri. But for some reason, we have so many more people in Prairie, Kansas, who listen to us. Odd. And our number three, Austin, Texas. Shout out to you guys. So Texas is a big place. Got a lot of lot of different places I've never heard of. We're getting streams out of. So thank you guys as well. Shout out to all of our international listeners out there. France, as always, our hugest supporter internationally. Germany uh, and the Netherlands has crept up from no, nowhere. So Whoever you guys are in the Netherlands who's checking us out, we appreciate that as well. Also, honorable mentions to the UK, Ireland, Mexico, Bahamas, Australia, and Costa Rica. Thank you all so much for checking us out. We do appreciate that. And if you've got any questions, concerns, please email us at urbanalchemypodcast at gmail.com or visit our Facebook page, Urban Alchemy Podcast. We would love to hear from you guys and know how you heard of us. And if you even speak English, because uh, it's weird. I just need to know where these people are. Uh, but yeah, anyways, we are here with a couple of young men from the Kansas City area who have been doing some amazing things. And I first came across you guys from an article I saw on the pitch. Yeah, it's been a few people I've snagged from the pitch with our current work with them. So I was happy to have you guys on. Uh, now, just to start off, how long have you guys been knowing each other? So coming up on seven months now. Yep. So coming up on seven, seven months now. Uh, so we met at the start of GIF, uh, me and Brandon originally. So the uh, original post was made. We both reached out uh, to our third co-founder, Chris, um, and that's that's how me and B met. Yep. Okay. So Gift has been in business for seven months. Seven months, and you guys have made quite a splash in that short amount of time. How did all that come to fruition? Like Cornell said, you know, it, it started with a Facebook post, so Facebook group uh, that. You, know, you and other people might know about it called BOBKC. Okay, yes, and yes. so, uh, you know, black owned businesses, Kansas City. And and I think it was, at the time it was like 15,000 people in that group. And so our other co-founder, uh, Christopher Stewart, he's a member of that, of that group. And he was just he was frustrated because he sees, you know, he lives in Houston, come from Kansas City, grew up in the urban core. And every time he comes back, he doesn't feel like he sees, you know, 
uh, black businesses in black communities. And his point was that, you know, there's there's 15,000 people right there in that Facebook group. If everybody put in $10 a month, then we could take that, you know, $150,000 a month, $1.8 million a year. We could take that and build black businesses and black communities directly. And so I reached out to Chris, Cornell reached out to Chris and Chris got us all together. And, and that's that's how Gift was born. From from that moment, we we hit it hard, you know. I mean, is there any other community projects in Kansas City that you think uh, are like GIF? Because I don't know. I've, I did a little research and I couldn't find too many other programs out there like what you guys are doing in the city. Yeah, that's that's kind of the point. That's kind of like what why we like. So I, I came from nonprofit. Like I spent mm-hmm. two years in, in the, my last two years in the nonprofit uh, industry. And I know there's a lot of other organizations in the city that are doing stuff. Right. Uh, and so, you know, whether it be micro lending, whether it be the intention to to build up the urban core but there there's no other organization in the city that is directly focused on building black businesses through grant making as consistently and as quickly as as we are Man, so so where do you think the regular Kansas City entrepreneur is in terms to their white counterpart a lot of the people who do come from the Kansas City area you just don't hear about them just up in starting a business, let alone being able to get the financing or the uh, investors to believe in the dream. Yeah. How are you bridging that gap in order to help those individuals get that backing? There is a difference in the in the systems that people are, br- are brought up in in Kansas City. Right. So if you live on the east side of the city, if you live in the urban core versus if you live in Shawnee Mission or Leewood or, or Olathe, the school system and in, in the urban core is, is obviously not as high quality as it as it uh, is out in those other other uh, suburban areas, uh, and the college graduation rate, just the rate of individuals going to college, uh, is not as high as in the urban core as it is in, in those in those other areas. And so I say all of that to say that if I, it, it's much less likely. If I'm living in in the urban core, that you know, I, I go through high school, go to go to college, get that college degree, get that business degree, make that network of of you know connections. Life is about connections, and so make that network of connections that you would make in college versus those individuals may have, have, have grew up in a place like Leewood or Shawnee Mission or, or or something like that, who are much more likely to to have that network of, of you know, college friends, uh, the friends and family and, and stuff like that. So the I say that to say there's the system of, of the inner city is kind of wrapped around designed to to hold the the individuals that are there down uh, compared to to their suburban counterparts, uh, which is, I mean, specifically known through the implementation of, of racially restricted covenants that if you I mean, if you took today and went back, you know, 100 years ago, uh, you would see those racially restricted covenants pop popping up and, and the historically redlined area. Absolutely. And for, like I said, a lot of our, our listeners are not from the Kansas City area. Actually, if you combined our Leewood in Kansas City, Missouri, that only makes up about maybe 23% of our listenership. So if you could please go a little bit in depth to the whole true thread line. Yeah. JC Nichols, that horrible son of a bitch. Yeah. Yeah. And so in Kansas City, it's common knowledge. Or you, did you want to no, go for it? Okay. In Kansas City, it's common knowledge that uh, truth 
Avenue is our dividing line. It's the dividing line of rich and poor. It's the dividing line of black and white. Uh, and it, it's like that intentionally. So J.C. Nichols is a, 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 a nationally known developer uh, that, you know, started implementing the practices of redlining back in the, the, the 1920s. Uh, and so the area east of Truce is Kansas City, historically redlined area. And so if you own property or if you were trying to buy a house east of Truce, the banks would be much less likely to lend to you. They, they, they wouldn't. It, it, the area was literally marked off with a red line uh, and you were discriminated against in not getting a, a loan from the bank. Solely for the uh, solely solely because it was an area that had a high amount of black people in it, and at the same time, J.C. Nichols was was building racially restricted covenants, and so Prairie Village uh, was was one of the biggest examples of a racially restricted covenant, uh, like one of the earliest examples of, of a racially restricted covenant where uh, the the area was designed and specifically stated that no black person, no person of African descent uh, could own property in this neighborhood. And so at the same time, while, while we have a strategic disinvestment uh, in an area that is predominantly black solely because it's predominantly black, while a strategic investment into an area that is predominantly white and intended to be in, uh, predominantly white, you know, we start to see this uh, this racial, this, this gap of, of wealth, um, and just the, the gap of, of, of systems when that happens, you know, uh, the that is the cause of the school systems being different uh, in these in these different areas. You know, when poverty is is higher in these in these different areas, policing is different sure. in, the, in these different areas. Uh, and, and so like it, it, the whole system is is while it's the same city, like metro wise. It's a different city. It's two different cities. Uh, and so if I if I am from the urban core, uh, I am much less likely to to have that to have a network of financial support that will allow me to start a business, to have the education and, and just the you know, other people would experience yeah. that would uh, would have uh, allowed me to, to start a business uh, in comparison to, you know, somebody that grew up in Leewood or uh, Overland Park or Olathe who may have a parent that or, or an uncle or or a family, just some kind of family member that has uh, that has started a business that benefit from the generational wealth that has been built up uh, over, you know, decades and decades from the family. Uh, so. So to the point of how we're bridging that gap uh, is. So because of redlining, you know, one particular area, even, even banks in particular, they would look at one point, they would look at these maps in a green area that would be more likely to pump money into certain areas and red areas. They'd be le- less likely to pump money into that particular area. And, and and like you were saying, the only difference really was race. So people uh, were people uh, were People are born with biases. Uh, so just over years, years are developed. Uh, so banks, even to this day, uh, might have a particular bias towards an individual who may have been a who may be a felon or individual who doesn't have the network or doesn't have the, the necessary things in order to get loans, in order to get the things that they need in order to be successful as business owners, um, 
house owners, what have you. So what gift, what we do is we take individuals and we look at individuals that are overlooked, that are uh, outcasts and not having those biases and those prejudices put against them without anybody having a conversation with them. And we take a chance on those people. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, we, we are identifying those black businesses that uh, exist in in that in the urban core in that historically redlined area uh and we are intentionally you know we just like cornell said of uh banks would pump money into that that green area uh back then we are pumping money uh into the historically redlined area that's been overlooked where uh black and brown poverty is is uh the most concentrated and that's going to close the racial wealth gap that's going to reduce poverty related crimes all the effects of redlining is going to help all of that so Definitely. And absolutely. So from your professional opinions from since you've started this, Mm -hmm. uh, how do you think the Kansas City entrepreneurial scene has changed to, let's say, about 10 years ago? Do you think there's more young entrepreneurs out here? Less? Same amount? I would say it's increased. People stepping out, wanting to pursue their own. This is like this whole um self-help type wave just in general. I think this is just the information age period where you can hop on Google, learn how to do a lot of stuff, period. So, um, I mean, nobody wants to work for nobody. Everybody wants to be their own boss. Nobody wants to do the day job. Right. Yeah. You know, build your own empire. Right. Yeah. So so I I would say it's, it's increased definitely. And I'm for it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully. Yeah. If you're from this community, it it can only benefit you in the positive ways. Right. What about you, B? Yeah, I, I I would say the same. Uh, you know, so I I was not in the entrepreneurial space ten years ago, and so I can't give a a, a very clear, concise you know uh, depiction of, of of the difference. Uh, but as automation has become a thing, as you know, self uh, like access to information has, has just become easier. More people are 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 stepping out and, and learning to build their own business. Sure. True. I have seen so many individuals who are starting their own business and doing things in the business field that you just would not have seen somebody do when I was younger. You know, I've, I've had people on who make their own candles. I have people on who, right. you know, got their own soft uh, playground and right. bounce house and, and go-kart rental services. And it's just so incredible to see yeah. everybody out here doing so many amazing things that are outside the box. Yeah. And we need to support these people. Yeah. One, one other thing about that is, is another argument to talk about why representation matters, right? Uh, you know, 10 years ago, you wouldn't have seen as many people, uh, you wouldn't have seen as many people of color uh, start start their own businesses. You wouldn't have now the fact that there is a, a move nationally to be more inclusive and to for all industries to be more representative of the, the country at large, yeah. uh, you know, is empowering those young people to see that. Think about doing things that, you know, generations before them would have never thought that they could do. Yeah. So can you share any businesses or any any type of businesses you've been able to assist uh, thus far? Uh, yeah. Yeah. So uh, you want to talk about that? Yeah, definitely. So we've given out three grants so far. First, uh, we've uh, first grant we gave out was to Ruby Jeans Juicery. Nice. Shout out. Yeah. Shout out to Chris. Listen, Chris if you have Ruby Jeans, make sure you swing by. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we got it covered. Catering um, and Casey um, maintenance and remodel was our last grant recipient. Um, and just to the point of people being felons, so Casey maintenance and remodel, he was a felon. Mm-hmm. And uh, 
And one quote that really stuck out to me that something that he said was it was easier for him to start his own business than it was for him to get a nine to five job. He would go apply for a job, get a job, work a week and find out he's a felon um, and then fire him. So for us to be able to step in and and help out with with something like that, man, it's a great feeling, you know. Definitely know what you're talking about, man. Just being able to get people out to a national platform and just let people know, hey, we got folks out here and then. When they get hit up by people out out here in these random places in the country, it's like, get the word out. Like, that's how we're supposed to be. That's how we're supposed to push each other. And unfortunately, that's been missing for so long. So I'm blessed to be able to to bring people together and let you guys share your stories because it's an incredible story what you guys are doing. The fact you've been able to write three grants in what you say seven months y'all been active. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. And so, I mean, we we uh, we rolling. We giving out one grant a month. So, so what uh, can you share the price range of these grants that you're yeah. able to? Yeah. And so, so, uh, you know, we seven months old. So in our first fiscal year, we, we wanted to look at what was realistic, uh, but also wanted to look at what the community needed. Right. Uh, and so when we did, we reached out and we called uh, a, a bunch of black owned businesses in May to just ask, ask them that question. What, what is it that, that, that you need? Uh, and so our grant structure is $10,000 grants, 25,000 and 50,000. And, uh, and we're doing three, ten, three tens, uh, four $25,000 grants, and then one $50,000 grant, uh, because that was what the, like that makeup was the, uh, the reflection of what the business owners in, in the community said that they needed that $25,000 range was the, the biggest. And so that's, that's what we're doing the most of. Uh, and so we gave out those three tens already and we actually are about to move into our, our, uh, four twenty fives. Yeah. And the, the super cool thing about that for me is a little over, let's say about 80% of the, the money we've raised is from, the community, people in the community. Yep. So our whole slogan title is if, if 15,000 people donated $10 a month, then the impact we could have. So the money that we're giving out is, uh, even though we do get support from corporate sponsors and that sort of thing, is primarily coming from individuals from Kansas City and surrounding areas. So I love it. Yep. That's dope, man. This is a, the best time as any to announce we have a Patreon page. So if you guys want to support this outlet, please visit us, uh, Urban Alchemy Podcast backslash Patreon. We are there. Yeah, like you said, if everybody just contributes a little bit of money, we can continue to do this at a higher level. But how do you guys fundraise? Because I try fundraising. It, it is the by far the hardest thing I've probably had to do next to dealing with actual people and trying to get people in the studio. Yeah. Getting people to come away with some money, even for like a righteous cause, is is pulling teeth so how do you guys influence people to have to give and help and care <laughs> so so the the simple thing is that i think there was a, a there was a quote that i heard from uh, I, can't, I don't i don't know who, whose quote this is but it was like do good by doing good uh and honestly what, what we do so we we early on we just told people about what it is that we were doing like what, what you know, we issue of redlining and the impact of redlining is not a surprise to anybody in the Kansas City community. Right. Uh, pe- pe- people know about it. People ignore it because they don't know what to do about it. Right. Exactly. Like they ignore it because they don't know what to do about it. And so we 
gave them this solution to this very uncomfortable thing uh, at a low cost. Like Cornell said, you know, uh, if 15,000 people donated $10 a month. Uh, and so that's what we did. We just started. We we took our message to the people at large. We on on Facebook, on Instagram. Uh, we did, you know, some some uh, early on interviews uh, in the pitch and uh, just took our message to the people at large. Told and it resonated with them and, and they uh they they donate it. And I, they think, donate it. and I think transparency has been a benefit to us as well. I think sometimes people um, when you donate to a nonprofit, you don't really know where the money's going. Um you'll get fifty dollars or whatever and it's just going to this nonprofit and then the nonprofit distributes the money however they choose fit, but you'll literally see the business we chose. You'll see the things that they bought. So the $10 that you gave, you actually get to see the impact you're having on the city. So it's it's like this issue that everybody knows exists. We've provided a solution and we're showing everybody where we have an answer. We're showing the, the, uh, the results of the donations that they're giving, I think that is. And we got a lot of people uh, signing up to donate monthly, right? So, so uh, we had a lot of people that signing up to donate ten dollars or more a month, uh, and and so it it's it's you know like a, a cup of coffee for them a month, uh, and so so it it's not like we we are not asking anybody to part with you know hundreds of dollars or thousands of dollars uh, because the goal is that, you know, every, everybody comes together and, and puts, puts in uh, a little bit and so and to, to show what can happen with that collective impact. And that just, it's just been resonating with people. Uh, and then we, you know, like, like Cornell said, we showed them the, the impact. We, we had the early success. We had the early success. And so we were able to uh, help out Ruby jeans. You know, we, we started fundraising May 18th, we gave ten thousand dollars to Ruby Jeans like August eleventh, mm-hmm. uh, and so you know we 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 didn't we didn't sit on the money when we got it. We used it for what we said we was going to do, uh, and people care about that. That's dope. And unfortunately, like we're in a state across the entire nation to where people racism is is very clear uh, for everybody. Like it, at one point, I think a lot of people couldn't understand what it would look like or if it really exists, but, you know, anybody who, even if you don't want to deal with the fact that racism racism exists, it's presented to them. So I think um, that's played a factor in it as well. People just understand that, okay, this is a real thing. Let's get rid of it. What can we do? Yeah. What can we do? I mean, that's the, the main point we need to start thinking about is what can each of us individually do to make a difference. I mean, I am trying to create a platform so we can show the, you know, proper representation of our community. Unfortunately, media representation for the African-American community is confined to crime on the news. It's confined to uh, horrible stories uh, within the urban core, uh, disenfranchisement, all this other stuff. It's like going to the movies and just seeing black people in slave movies. Yeah. It's like, yo, we got so much more than this little yeah. little pinch of time you want to focus on for some reason. 
Mm-hmm. Like, what well, well, is some sort of uh, people get off on watching black oh, people in that yeah. condition? Like, so I definitely is like, yo, we have so many people in this city who's doing so many amazing things. I'll be damned if you make it seem like Kansas City is not in a renaissance era where people are just doing, making their own lanes. Right. They're not falling in line anymore. They're not, you know, saying I'm going to work for that person. That's my dream job. No, my dream job is working for me. Yeah. And it's necessary. Um Give doesn't exist without platforms like this and people knowing about it and hearing about it. So we it's definitely need those businesses. So after we give them $50,000, they still need customers to come to their store and purchase and buy stuff. So man, yeah. shout out to you. Appreciate it. And vice versa. We 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 live off you guys. Like we can't bring Kansas City and the country the great things that you guys are creating without y'all. Right. Like, you know, it, it's 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 a, a so synergy. Yeah. yeah. And so we've been on the news. Uh, so we've been on Channel Four a couple of times, Channel Nine a couple of times, and uh, I am I am now much more hesitant to reach out to the news and, and, and do a news interview. They are willing to do it a lot, but the last news story we did, we had a, a clear picture of, of what we were trying to talk to them about. Mm-hmm. I go home, I watch the news story, and I see a bunch of B-roll of you know broken down buildings and uh, homeless people, and I'm like, this ain't had nothing. <laughs> I mean, uh, they was black. That was the, that was it. That was the only thing that they had to do. With what, with what it was we were talking about? We were talking about uh, this whole fundraiser we were doing for Give Black KC. We were trying to raise money for three black led organizations focused on business, education, and housing in, in the urban core. Uh, and so it was clear that they didn't know what else to show. And they said, "Okay, well, let's just show some rundown black people. That's what people want to see." Uh, and so, and it, it made it upset me so much that like that was in no way was that part of the the narrative. You know, they they. Could out most of our interview we, it was two sentences in there and then a bunch of rundown black people uh so so your your platform is absolutely appreciated absolutely necessary uh because if, if we don't have if we don't have a place to give an accurate representation of what it is we doing, who we are, what the black experience is, then then that's then you know that's what we get. We get you know we standing in I'm standing in front of them for 20 minutes, pouring out my heart and soul, talking about the work I'm doing in the urban core, yeah. and they like oh up, like I like black. turtles, <laughs> yeah. yeah, like get black homeless dude, bye. No. <laughs> I really like what I'm doing. And it cuts it. Yeah. yeah. I know what you're talking about. I yeah. had that same instance, like what I was telling you about when I wrote that email to the pitch about the Operation Legend stuff. You know, Brock actually wrote me back actual response and was just like, hey, you know, let me listen to what you got to say. And that's how we started our little correspondence and whatnot. Uh, KNBC also hit me up, too. It was just like, hey, yeah, we'd love to do a story about this and, you know, send us the information. We'll love to talk to Raphael. And then I look at the story and it's just like a two second excerpt of this man crying on my podcast about his dead son. Like, that's what you took out of that yeah. whole episode about him talking about how the opposition of Operation Legend, what Operation Legends do, how his feelings are with having to meet President Trump, but still wanting to get justice for his dead son. And that's what you focused on. Just a man crying because you knew that's what people were just going to jerk people up. Like, right. it, is, it is sickening. And that's yeah. why I'm just like, no, we got to take, take back control. Yeah. And you don't get much more community than where we are now. Exactly. So, exactly. so we out here. I mean, then, thankfully, legitimacy has helped my platform grow. And the fact that it's just a trusted outlet because I am not 
beholden to anybody. I say what I want. I have who I want on the yeah. on the podcast, yeah. and I've so. you know unfortunately have had a few awkward situations. Like sorry, you can't be on the podcast. It's only for you. Like, That's what's up. There's a million and one podcast is that yeah. you can hit up. I'm sorry, like these spaces is limited out here. So yeah. like we need to help. Right. Yeah. And so you know one of the, one of the things Cornell was talking about uh, is the the our donors, right? So we have raised. Uh, over two hundred thousand dollars, right? About two two oh five, two ten. Nice. Uh, and so ten thousand of it has come from corporations. Seventy has come from foundations. Uh, and so the other, you know, uh, one hundred and twenty five to one hundred and thirty has come from individuals, right? So it's just just people. Uh, and so it is. It has allowed us. Uh, you know, we we because we have uh, a large support network we are able to be beholden to the people right we we, we can we can stick to what we said that we were going to do right. uh we ain't got we don't have to answer to anybody and have any and be worried about uh well you know i don't want y'all to give give you know this grant to that person i want y'all to give this grant like we we, we ain't got no strings on, on on us uh and so that level of freedom that, that you experience and we can we can you know relate to that a little bit and it, because of the the large support network that we got from individuals yeah absolutely yeah uh, and that's good to hear uh i mean I'm, I'm super happy to hear that people are actually contributing because you know kansas city is notorious for just being haters yeah and not wanting to help people out so yeah. that is heartwarming to hear and i really hope we continue that here in the metropolitan area because we need it you know it, it's so many good things happening and i feel like we are on the cusp of a kansas city renaissance but in order for that to happen with all the great businesses and non-for-profits and artists and musicians we have to support them so that all starts with you know doing the bare minimum uh if you see a a post like it uh, comment share it if you see somebody asking hey who can do this in the community let them know hey i know somebody who paints houses right. i know someone who, who, who gravels driveways you know whatever it is there's somebody who probably does it in kansas city in the community and they could probably use that dollar in your pocket more than mr big name corporation so it, it's all up, up to us i mean i know i have i've had my struggles with this platform. I mean, what are the struggles you guys have experienced and the hard part of trying to get this thing off the ground? Yeah. Yeah. So kind of literally one of the things you just talked about, right? Yeah. Kansas City notorious for being haters, right? Mm-hmm. And we have, uh, I, I, you know, I just gave the breakdown of our numbers, you know, over a hundred and something from individuals, 70 something from uh, foundations and then 10 from corporations, right? Mm-hmm. I spent a lot of time talking to corporations. I, I, I do. Like, I personally spend a lot of time meeting with people who have the ability to make that kind of decision uh, and, and they choose not to. Uh, and, and so they they are a lot of a lot of corporations are, are like, oh, yeah, you guys are doing great work. I'm really excited to you know see where it goes. Yeah. Really excited, excited to see how much it grows. Uh, and then and then then that's it, you know. Uh, and so. We have when we opened we opened up our grant application October first. We got over fifty uh, applicants. We got over fifty black businesses from the Urban Core that have already applied to to seek funding to help grow grow their business. We only given out seven, you know, that were eight eight total th- this year, uh, which means I got over forty that I can't get to. Over 40, 40 businesses that I that I can't help. Uh, and the only thing that's stopping is you know I, I'm. 
is the just the the amount of support. The the people have been great. Uh, we, we keep reaching more people, and and when we reach more people, we get more donors. Uh, and that that is amazing. Uh, and it's just it's you know, and we 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 gonna keep moving forward no matter what. It's just it's funny a little bit to me to especially in the in the in the summer where every organization every company had to make some kind of Black Lives Matter statement. Like, right, they like they, they couldn't just be silent. So either on their Instagram, their Facebook, or Twitter, something said, oh, yeah, we stand with you, we support you, we stand with you, we support you. Uh, and, and so... But I'm going to keep it a buck, man. You know what I'm saying? Please do. This is Urban Alchemy. <laughs> I'm going to keep it a buck. So uh, though we are supported mainly by the community, I want to see more embracement from the Black community for our organization. Straight up. I want... Our number one donors to be black people. I want our number one shares to be coming from black people. The the only the biggest thing we see from the black community is how do I get the money? Hmm. Did you did you don't did you donate? Did, like, I don't even, I don't see a share. You know it. That bothers me a little bit. But I don't know. Absolutely. We need to edit yeah, it out. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? That's a common mentality here in Kansas yeah, City. Yeah, but that. We built this for black people and just just the hesitancy, just the the apprehension, the hate, maybe even from. Well, I'm not going to because other nonprofits have embraced us. They rock with us. They roll with us. Just but just the, the black community. I do want to see more ten dollar dump. Ten dollars. Like you. We blow ten dollars. Yeah. Black people. Easy on literally anything, literally anything every single day. And it's like. You want to see your cousin stop getting shot up and get like a, a big thing for me is poverty related crime. Like I got stories of, of how uh, I, I got friends that, that went to prison for 14, 15 years. And the only reason I wasn't with them that particular night was because I was at work. Uh, so we want to create jobs for people in the area um, that's going to take chances on younger guys, you know, that another that outside areas might not take a chance on them. Right. He and, still. Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? And. Just give them a job. You know what I mean? And sometimes that'll be the reason why they keep out. They stay out of trouble. Sometimes people are robbing and stealing because they're hungry. I'm not I'm not saying it's we're going to eliminate crime completely, but we are providing solutions to this to this issue. So I want to see black people just like, like it's not corporations. That's, it's not foundations that's holding gift up. It's 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 the people. And I want to see black people be like the number one supporter through all of that. Absolutely. I yeah, mean, yeah. Right yeah. there with you preaching to the choir <laughs> quite literally, bro. Like like I said about the whole I was just playing about the Leewood Kansas thing. But real talk, the fact that we got so many, we are streamed out of three hundred and eleven cities here in the United States. So the fact that Kansas City only Kansas City and Leewood, Kansas combined only make up not even a quarter of our listenership is crazy. Yeah. Because the amount of of publicity I do and promotion I do to get these people out is is just wild. So for people in the area to not latch on, but folks in Chicago, folks in Austin, folks in Dallas, right. folks in uh, Denver, folks in Tallahassee, Florida. And right. it's just like I got 21 cities internationally with like a few listeners in a few different countries who listen. It's just like how? Yeah. Do we got strangers who's probably never set foot in Kansas City, Missouri, invested 
in this show where we're uplifting people who are doing amazing things and in some cases actually helping these individuals if they got a business they're trying to buy the product they're right. trying to reach out they're, they're adding them on instagram so they get more followers right. like this is the kind of stuff we need to internalize within the metropolitan area instead of trying to outsource it to everywhere else and hoping that helps us right you know my mentor once told me unfortunately in kansas city they ain't gonna listen to you until you get that outside confirmation you know, it, it, it's really sad. But like he was saying, like, it wasn't until like a newspaper started doing an article with him outside the city that people was like, oh, he's doing big things. Mm-hmm. That shouldn't have to matter. Like, yeah. you got I've dealt with you in order to get this set up. Like, mm-hmm. you can attest. I don't charge anything to come on this pot. Right. I will not accept money for you to go on this pot. And if you do offer me money, do not offer me some measly $50. It's not going to get you past the door, buddy. I got integrity, but I also got bills. So if you think that's going to do something to get on this show, it's 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 hilarious. But yeah, I got to believe in what you're doing. I have to see the good. I got to see you're not just trying to, to, just like you said about the people who want the money, but they don't want to contribute. Yeah. You know, it's got to be a give and take. I got to see what you're doing. I got to see some sort of uh, benefit that you're contributing to the community. Or I'm not just going to let you come on this this podcast to sell or, or you know, shyster people out of certain things. Like, no, yeah. my time is too valuable. So yeah. when we do get people, like you said, who don't treat it like it's serious mm-hmm. or or don't respect it or because it's black and it's not held to the same. It's you know, I, I got people right. who had a, a, a will go to a white podcast and treat it like it's a real journalistic platform. But come to my stuff and just like 30 minutes late. You know, not prepared. Yeah, and it's right. just like, bro, this isn't going to get published. Right. Like, I'm not going to put trash on my platform because you want to get a tag. Like, yeah. no, not happening. Exactly. So treat my stuff with respect. But unfortunately, in Kansas City, people take that as an open call. Like, I don't ask for anything but just time and a story. <laughs> I'll do the rest. Mm. But for some reason, for people to do that bare minimum yeah. is pulling teeth. I don't want to be. They have been a little bit more. They've been sharing a little bit more lately and everything like that. No, I believe in shame. Like people, <laughs> no, we need to we need to point out what is the problem so we can get to the solution. Like yeah. I understand if you see something in, in inside your head, you said, "Oh, that's cool." That is cool that you think it's cool, but you need to help support, at least like the status, at least share it. You know, it's too many people out here who's, who's your Facebook friend, mm-hmm. but it's just clogging up time on your student, on your timeline. Yeah. yeah. You know, That's, we need to get rid of those yeah, people. Yeah. So, uh, a couple of things. So I always tell people that we got to get we got to get money to get money. Mm-hmm. If you are a business owner and you come to come to me specifically and you ask me, how do I get a grant? My first response to you is going to be, we got to give money to get money. Uh, we got to get money to get money. Uh, and the like one of the things that people don't seem to understand, like I said, we given out seven grants to, this year. If everybody that was that was, you know, interested in getting money also gave we could increase that number. Uh, and so, you know, you actually donating increases the the uh, likelihood that we have enough money to, you know, give you a grant. Uh, and so so that that seems lost on, on, on people. Uh, but the, the other thing is that so I, I told you I came from from United Way. I came from from a nonprofit. Yeah, from nonprofit. 
and philanthropy. Philanthropy is usually white people going to white people, uh, getting money and spending it in in black communities uh, without any contact with, with the black community, without any, uh, you know, any representation, any any input from from the black community at all. Uh, philanthropy has a, a, a is perpetuates a lot of racism uh, and is largely a, a, a white savior white saviorism Guilt business labor. right right so you get to tell uh, your friends like, I, yeah. I donated well, $50,000 to the NAACP so I'm good my conscience good well no e- no e- even further than that I'm, t- I'm talking about the the actual non-profits hmm. uh, go, they get to go into a, 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 a neighborhood and say hey I raised all this money and I gave all these people you know uh you know, access to early education. Pat myself on the back. Now I'm gonna go home. Uh, and, and, and so they, they outside they, the community, exactly. And they they feel they feel better about it. Uh, but 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 they but they're not. They haven't they haven't consulted those people. Uh, and has, haven't really done anything to make a substantive change. Yeah. And, and so uh, so I, I say all of that to say that black people. Have been largely and intentionally left out of the philanthropic process. Uh, they just they 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 just have, uh, and, and so I'm like I we know that it is it is going to be a uh, it's for the community at large. It's it's a somewhat newer concept, mm-hmm. uh, and so so that like that's that's something that we got to deal with. But we do we need we we do need people to turn around a, a little bit quicker, which is why I am harder to, on on corporations because with corporations this ain't new. Corporations this is what they do. Corporations they got money to give away because they got they got a certain percentage that they got to give away uh, anyway, yeah. and, and so so yeah. But let's go back to the shame because you know what I'm saying. All about shame. <laughs> yeah, all about the shame. Because I I don't have a business per se, nor do I have a non for profit. Mm-hmm. Like I'm not selling anything. I'm I'm giving away. Mm-hmm. You guys, right. your story, your your ambition, your drive, your hustle, your grind. Yeah. You know your good times, your bad times. I'm I'm pretty much just giving the stories of these great people in our community to the masses. Yeah. So it's not necessarily a tangible thing that you can, you know, put a price tag on. Yeah. You know, somebody might get something from your interview. Somebody else might think this is the interview that changed their lives. So, you know, each person gets something different out of that. So the fact that I'm over here not asking for anything yeah. in return and certain people feel like the most basic bare necessities can be ignored like we're not going to get better without us coming together without us you know saying hey this is our community i'm not going to turn on fox 4 news if i have a platform right here i'm not going to go to an interview with this these people if i got a platform here you know and unf- i'm like you said about the shame yeah unfortunately podcasting is a different business for my white counterparts, their listenership in the Caucasian community are very giving. Mm-hmm. Like there are people who are able to make careers out of this after one year. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, a lot of black people don't tune into podcasts like that. And a lot of black people don't feel the need to give to a podcast like that. Cause it's just like, oh, he's just doing this for fun. As you guys can attest, there's nothing simple about this. Like this is an actual endeavor I do. Right. I mean, do you guys, I mean, do you feel like, well, you've already said people don't take it seriously enough. 
the need to give within the community to help these businesses. I mean, what do you think is going to be the shock to the system for our community to let them know what we are not doing well out here? We need to take back our economic uh, freedom. So I I don't I don't think that that people are not taking it seriously enough. You don't No, I, I think that people are downplaying the 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 impact. So what, what people tell themselves uh, likely is that oh if I like so uh, the situation in the community is bad, right? You know uh, the, the urban core is is uh, disinvested in. Everybody knows that. Uh, and then so if we say the solution is you know all right, we'll give ten dollars a month. We can we we can fix that. Uh, there's there's likely something that, that says oh well my ten dollars a month still ain't gonna make no difference. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and so. So the inability to draw the line between their action and uh, and the outcome that they want, uh, I think uh, I think that uh, it, I, maybe I'm too. I, I could be optimistic. I'm an optimistic dude. My wife tell me that all the time. I, I, I agree. <laughs> I, 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 I use that. I would say I would use that same rationale. But let's take Trump as an example. Uh-huh. People didn't vote in that election with Hillary because they're just like, I don't care. My vote's not really going to matter. They, mm-hmm. you know, they're going to have their bases and they're going to win regardless. And that didn't happen. Trump won. And then next go around, he's like, okay, we know what has to happen. Yeah. I can't sit this one out. Yeah. Like they had a shock to their system. They said, okay, we can't, we can't do four more years of this. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so I, I think, so I, I think people are having that thought process. I just, I mean, I, I know people are wrong, but I know that they are having that thought process. I don't process. want it, us to have a Donald Trump experience here in yeah. Kansas City right. before we're like, okay, we need to help the community. We need to get these businesses off the ground. Yeah. And I think just uh, from history, people saying that they're going to come and help and then just not see the change. Uh, I think trust is a little bit of it, too. Mm. Um, so like he was saying, one, not really being introduced to philanthropy. But yeah, just just being introduced to it, first of all. And, and when people come in and say that they're going to build up an area of, you know, money being stolen, uh, stuff not being done, uh, come to turn come to find out that, you know, it was some type of something was going on, you know? So I think some, some of that might be uh, within the community. So I just think uh, we just got to be consistent with what we're doing. And that's why I said the transparency part. Okay. You get to see the business we gave $10,000 to. And not only that, you get to see what they purchased with that $10,000, you know? So it's not like you give $10 and then it's gone in the black hole forever. Yeah. You know, you don't really know. So I think I think that'll help us out. Yeah, I'm 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 optimistic. I'm I'm hopeful that the more we show people, uh, the more we show people what, what we're doing, if, if you know, if you know, if we like, if we built something, right? Like if if uh, if you know you. you you drive past a lot and you've driven past this lot, you know, every day for the last few years and it's, it's empty. And now all of a sudden you start to drive past there and you see something like, oh, they building something there. And, and now boom, it's a, it's a new grocery store in your community brought to you by gift, built, gift, gift built it. Come on. Uh, like that, that, that's the kind of shocker I'm, I'm, I'm hoping will, will, uh, wake people up and, and, and show people that, oh yeah, like this, this matters. Like it, it, like it will change. Cause I, because our, 
it's a misconception to think that like our goal is just to you know give a bunch of black businesses money. Like that's that's not the goal. Uh, that's what we're doing. But the goal is that we grow the community uh, and we create jobs for the community. You know, like we literally are trying to, to uh, get enough money so we can build a grocery store. Uh, and so, so, so that we can have a positive impact on the community. So even if you don't own a business and you live in the urban core, we like the work that we are trying to do, uh, you should feel it. You will feel it. Like it will make a difference to you. Uh, even if you don't have that business. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I, I told you beforehand, I like to I like to end things on an optimistic note, you know, hopeful for the future. So I feel like that was the perfect, perfect send off of what you guys are hoping to do in the future. And I really, really look forward to seeing the work you guys got coming up. Uh, we generally like to wrap up the show with a segment we call Roses. I am a huge believer in giving people their flowers while they're here because life is too short. You don't know when it might be a swerve or swig in the, in the, in the road. And unfortunately, you might be here today, gone tomorrow. So I'm a huge believer of telling those people while they're here how influential, important they are, or, you know, just let them know or if they might not be here. Just let them know how big they were in your in your uh, journey and you making it to this position to sit in this chair. Share your uh, story with us. Mm-hmm. So either you go. Uh, our roses. Yeah, roses. So yeah, you did, right. you did so one, far, two, yeah. three. Um, definitely one is our board. I want to give a shout out to our board. They they keep us balanced. They keep us honest. They keep us um, they keep us afloat. All of our volunteers. Um, we was kind of talking about this a little bit earlier today. Just the amount of resources we have, the individuals we can reach out to at the drop of a dime, and I, I, you know, like people with serious expertise in particular areas that just said, just call me if you need us. Um, it's a list of them. Yeah, I know. Like we we, yeah. we we got a strong network. We got a strong network of people, and that, that's that's one thing. I mean, you, people see me a lot, and people see Cornell, uh, but we got a strong network. Uh, 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 and I mean, we, we we out here grinding, but there's a there is a real strong network behind us uh, to to just to, to help boost us up, to help make connections for us, just to to help you know gift uh, succeed and 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 to to thrive. Uh, so so yeah, I mean one one thing this is gonna sound kind of cheesy. It's gonna sound like I'm saying it because I because I got to, but uh, but our wives like nice. we. I mean look at where we are right now, right? Like I'm like that I ain't my, cheesy man. Yeah, my 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 oh, wife better shout that. Yeah. Yeah. I gotta go home, yeah. Yeah. right? Uh, let this podcast. You know they're gonna listen to the episode. They be like, for real? Yeah. <laughs> you think the board? <laughs> right. But it, but my point is that it's not obligatory, right? Like I, I mean it, right? Like I, like that's my, straight up. Yeah. A support system, like every guy I have here who is successful, who has a woman, they always say that is one of the definitive factors that push them forward is having a woman at home who is able to say, you can do a baby. Yeah. You know, keep keep working hard. I believe in you. Times may be tough, but I believe in you. Can I throw a wrench in that, though? My motivation with my wife was what? Because right after COVID hit, like, I, I kind of wanted to go off and do my own thing. It was... I can't fail. Like I told her I was going to oh, do yeah. this thing. Just do or die. You know what I'm saying? I told her I was going to do it. I got to do it now. To whereas before I was married, you know, I was, you know, it was a little, the pressure is not as much. You know what I'm saying? We was having that family. So that motivation. My wife don't play. Probably would kill me if, if we wouldn't need it. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And, I mean, and and just just the the fact that you know 
well, while we doing more work, they doing more work, right? Like I, I got I got three kids at home, and, and so anytime I'm out doing anything, anytime I'm on late meetings, any like any, anytime anytime I'm doing the smallest thing extra, you know, she doing some some uh, some big big extra stuff. So there's 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 that. Yeah. Uh, and then the, the last one I, w- I want to I do want to give a shout out to specifically uh, is our coalition. So uh, Dan Smith, uh, Kira Sheree. Uh, what's Craig's last uh, name? Chambers of Commerce. Oh, oh. <laughs> uh, so Craig from Black Excellence, uh, Kim Randolph, Black uh, Black Chamber of Commerce. Like, like we we when we first started, you know, one thing we didn't want to be was arrogant, right? We not the only organization. We not the only organization. We not the only black led organization in Kansas City focused on black business. We not. We not the first. And uh, and so we wanted to oh, Austin Taylor from uh, Black Black uh, Black Privilege. Dewan. Yep. Dewan, Dewan Love. Uh, and we, we wanted to reach out to these people who already been in this space, who, who already did a lot of work uh, and and that that we can talk to them, learn from them and help really, really, really help us hit the ground running. Uh, Davin Gordon from Altcap, like he, he was one of the first people that I talked to uh, to help. Come on, man. You can't because now I'm just thinking like I'm now thinking about Nathaniel and now yeah, yeah, even the bloggers that be sharing our stuff. Right, <laughs> yeah, right. It, it's a lot of people. Right, it's it's on, it's, it's a it's a lot of people. But 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 really that like those those specifically those uh, those black led nonprofits that uh, was already in this space. You know, like because Kansas City is haters, right? And so they could have easily been like, Nah, man, it's my space. What you doing? Why 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 you starting this? Like yeah. gone gone. Uh, but none of them did it. None of them. I was like, "Hey, this is who we are. This is what we do. I just want to talk to you. I want to learn from you. I want to see how we can collaborate." And it was like, "Oh yeah, sure. Come on, let's talk." Yeah. Uh, and so, so they they didn't they didn't have to do that. Uh, we entered their space, and they they embraced us and, and really really uh, you know helped us have the impact that we have. It. Yeah, straight up. Y'all got mamas. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, are they cool? Y'all beefing with them? No, no, no. My, yeah, love my mama. You know, yeah, my mama sharing with everybody. Shout out to you, mama. Love you. Yeah, shout that mama. Out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So. but Christmas is coming up. Y'all yeah. might have to see him. So, well, my, so my my mama my mama died. Like, I'm sorry, six that, years brother. ago. Uh, you still shout her out. Man. Yeah, I'm a shout her out though. Shout you definitely out. shout out the ones who came before us. Yeah, they still here with us. So you know, that's you know, I've lost so many people in my life unexpectedly. So that's why I like to tell people like. Tell tell people, man. Like, yeah. Let them know, because that's super important, man. Because we 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 uh, as a Cornell West uh, quote, I always say this: "I am who I am because somebody loved me." Mm-hmm. And it's just it's so much that goes into these people that I have on my shows, and it's just you know you work and you hustle and you grind, and so much that you do to be who you are. But a lot of people don't even realize it's probably like five, 10 people standing behind you that contributed something like a chunk of something in your life that stuck with you to help you get to that point you're at. So recognition is always super important. And you know, that that's a big part of what I'm doing here with this platform. So I do thank you brother so much for coming through. Uh, Where can these folks find you? How can they assist you and, you know, get in contact with y'all to to help and volunteer, whatever you guys need. Yeah. Facebook, Instagram, 
our website, Kansas City Gift. So www.kansascitygift.org is our webpage. Uh, Facebook, Kansas City Gift. Instagram, Kansas City Gift. Uh, Twitter, we're also there, Kansas City Gift. Yeah. Um, yeah. You can also so uh, you can text you can text gift KC to four four three two one and donate straight straight from straight from your phone. That's it, man. If fifteen thousand people, how many people is in Kansas City? If we get fifteen thousand, come on. Yeah, the city. that'll be. Yeah, I hope everybody's listening. I'm definitely going to be uh, assisting you guys in that endeavor and getting you, getting the word out and shaming the hell out of people who are just wasting that ten dollars on nothing yeah. each and every month. We're yeah. doing that to, I don't know, help your community. But, you know, that's cool. You go ahead and give Starbucks that money. You go ahead and give whoever the hell you think that money is going to help even more. That billionaire who owns the company you're going to give it to probably needs a new jumbo check. So, yeah, good job, guys. <laughs> you guys are amazing doing that. Nah, but for real, that, that, thank you guys for for coming in. I know you are super busy. We've had to jumble a few things around to get yeah. you in, but I've definitely made the time to do it because I wanted to have you guys come in and hear your story and because you guys are doing amazing things. And we gotta we gotta continue to, you know, be like these gentlemen here in Kansas City and not only do something that's going to help other people, but do something that's going to have a, a long lasting impact within the community. So I definitely commend you guys and I look forward to seeing what you guys have in the future. So once again I am joined here here with Brandon Calloway and Cornell Gorman from Generating Income for the Future, Kansas City. So please check these gentlemen out. Please hit them up if you are able to help. And please share, share this story, share their information and get the word out to these people so we can continue to make a change within our community here in Kansas City. So yeah, any any closing thoughts for you, uh, fellas? Well, we appreciate the time, man, truly. Um, Absolutely. And, uh, yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, we did have to reschedule, and, and I, I appreciate you being flexible, and I appreciate you just being, you know, willing to have us on and, and uh, you know, tell our story. Oh, absolutely. Some people's reschedulings are nightmares, absolute nightmares. But you have always been very super prompt, super professional, <laughs> like, and it's it's, it's, just, it's just never was any on any BS. So I was just like, yeah, I definitely need to get this guy in. He's a, he's a professional, and I believe in his mission. So yeah, thank you guys for coming by. Thank you all for listening. Please take this this episode to heart, and please find it in your hearts to to give. You know, give that gift. Yep. Yeah, tagline. Boom. <laughs> but now, once again, I am Jam Banks. This is Urban Alchemy Podcast. I hope you all are staying safe out there. And as always, stay blessed. Peace. Mm-hmm.